Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate teen mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, Liz here, coming to you live to tape in Pennsylvania. Woo! Um, I don't... I don't think the sound on this is very great. I apologize for that. I'm trying to figure out the best place in my apartment to record. I think it will be in my room, but the issue is it's like very hot in my bedroom. It's a whole thing. So I'm in um, the den, you would call it. I think that's what my mom calls it, the den. And I don't think like the acoustics are that good in here. And I apologize for that. So you know, please bear with me. We're gonna we're gonna get this shit figured out. The Cookie Monster, my mom's dog, her name is Cookie, but I call her the Cookie Monster, is currently asleep on the couch. So I hope she does not wake up and start barking loudly. Because if that happens, well, we're shit out of luck. I don't know what we would do. So thank you for letting me take the week off last week. I appreciated it. Moving has been crazy. I am looking for a new job. I have a lot of really promising opportunities, including an offer from a company that I really like. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I moved home, had a job offer within like literally 48 hours. So that's great. Shout out to my friend Laura, who really helped me write an amazing resume. And by help me, I mean like I paid her money and she wrote a resume and a cover letter for me. It's, I mean, really, chef kiss perfect on my resume and cover letters. So yeah, I'm excited to start working again. I hopefully will be working like the Monday after 4th of July is my plan. Uh, 4th of July is this upcoming week, but I'm still going to record. I'm planning on, God, it's going to be tight. I want to go to the shore that Tuesday, but I might have to go down Wednesday so I can record this on Tuesday. But you will have an episode. At least that's the plan. Anyway, okay, so there was big Reddit drama this week, and I'm gonna... I wanted it to kind of have a more of a dramatic end, but it didn't. But basically, here's a little rundown. I'm just gonna talk for a couple minutes about it. So for people who are not on Reddit and don't care Have no fear, you really only have to skip ahead a couple minutes. If you guys want to skip this, you don't want to hear about Reddit drama, skip ahead to about 18 minutes and 30 seconds. So basically, as you all know, about eight months, oh my god, almost a year ago, if you want to go listen to my episode, I did two episodes on the Reddit drama back in August of 2017. So almost a year ago, I did two episodes that I gave a pretty comprehensive rundown of what happened, which involved basically complete mayhem, which ended up in a lot of people participating no longer in what was called uh, Reddit Teen Mom, and they moved to a new sub that has the name (laughs) Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom 2, I think it is. I don't know, because I never type it out, and we all call it long name. (laughs) Um, Dash Teen Mom is called The Main. Uh, Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom 2 is called Long Name. And then there are a couple other offshoot subs that don't really have nicknames, but that's what you need to know. The main and Long Name. So, Long Name was created by a user, and I'll call her Becca, because her username is like Becca ACSD or something. And basically, her goal, supposedly, I mean, I don't know Becca, um, but her stated goal was to basically have a sub that was essentially rule-free, if you will, to an extent. I mean, you can't have anything that's, like, completely lawless on Reddit. But um, a lot of people did not like that on the main, they had really, really strict rules. Uh, No, what was called shit posts were allowed, which is, like, low-effort posts that don't really generate discussion. They had their, they had made an offshoot sub just for shit posts, um... 
they had a lot of things called mega threads, which was like if the episode just happened, you had to post in the episode mega thread. You couldn't make your own post for like 48 hours. There's basically it was just basically heavily, heavily moderated, which I personally like didn't have a lot of issue with the content moderation because I like a more moderated feed. I don't like to see a lot of reposts. I don't like to see a lot of shit posts. Uh it's kind of remarkable how unfunny people are and the shit that gets posted as a quote unquote shit post is like you know, when it's good, it's like when something is truly funny is posted, I will like get a hearty chuckle out of it, but ninety-eight percent of the time they're just not funny. <laughs> uh there's and so since then there's always been a lot of Reddit drama, of course. But basically Becca created the sub and then essentially bounced out and has not been involved in moderation in any way. Now, on Reddit, there's a rule that says a moderator must participate to be able to mod their sub. The creator must participate to be able to mod their sub. And if a creator of the sub does not participate for six months, the Reddit admins will remove them. Now, this is important because... Reddit moderation kind of works on a hierarchy. So the creator of the sub is like the god of the sub. Well, not the god because those are the admins, but is the president of the sub, if you will. And all the moderators that they add below it, uh, they the creator will have control over. So if, let's say I started a sub and I wanted to add five moderators. Or uh, let me make this simple. I wanted to add two moderators named Katie and Jenna. Liz would be number one ranked of the sub. And then if I added Katie next, Katie would be second and Jenna would be third. Technically, Katie could kick off Jenna, you know, so the person below her, but she couldn't kick me off as long as I was active and participating every six months. Now, after creating this sub, Becca kind of like bounced and then, like, six months ago, came in, threw shit fit, but nothing came of it. Threatened to torch the sub. Torch the subs means, like, make it go private so that you can't use it. But nothing ever came of it. It's been, I think somebody figured out it was literally, like, five months and 20 days. <laughs> it was something extremely close to the six-month six marker that Becca decided to come and not only moderate again, but she <laughs> deleted all of the moderators. All of the other moderators got deleted and instated new moderators. Basically, it was a coup. Uh, that's how, what everybody's calling it. It was a hostile takeover. Now, why is this controversial? Because the mods have been doing a pretty good job, at least in my opinion. I think, look, it's the internet. Like, Nobody's ever going to be completely happy. Uh, I think that they could have been a lot stronger on confronting racism. But the reality is, is like you have a 20, I think there are 23,000 members. Now, not everybody's active, but when you have a a sub with 23,000 members and teen mom fans, who we all know are fucking crazy, it takes a lot of moderation. And sometimes you win some and sometimes you lose some. So basically, everybody woke up to this crazy, like, Hey, I'm back post from Becca, which said she wanted to get rid of all of her rules, all the rules, and she reinstated new mods. Now, it did not take long for people to figure out that one of the mods that was instated in this was an alt account. If you don't know what an alt account means, it basically is like a burner account that you can make. Um, Reddit encourages alts. You can have as many alts as you want. It was a brand new account. I had no post history. So people are like, that's weird. Now, one of the other mods also mods a meta or meta sub. And I, if you guys listen to my, uh, my podcast before where I discuss, discuss like what meta is, it's basically just subs that exist to kind of poke fun at the main sub. You know, so like you go in there and you're like, wow, these fucking idiots is basically like what it's for. As somebody that loves meta content, you know, I go over there occasionally. Now, this user is fine. Never, I personally never had an issue with her. But people start to realize that the other mod at this meta sub is an extremely controversial user named John Bonnet, 
Her username is John Bonnet. It's a kind of a joke on John Bonnet, and it's Janelle had said once that she wanted to name her child John Bonnet, but spelled it John Bonnet. So that's why her username is John Bonnet. John Bonnet is somebody that I personally never had issues with, but she is a just an inflammatory user. She's a troll. And honestly, her trolling is usually funny to me, so I didn't care about it. We never had issues. But it's not funny to other people, and people would get so fucking angry at her. Now, she was eventually, okay, she eventually made an account, a troll account, not just, like, her John Bonnet account, called, like, Chelsea Huska something, and that account got banned. So, on Reddit, you're not, if you get banned from a subreddit, you're not allowed to make a new username or use a different name to then participate in that sub. You may ask, how would Reddit ever know? The reality is, for 99% of people, they would never know. But because T-Mom Reddits have such an issue with trolls, Longname would ask the admins regularly to do what was called uh, IP sweeps. And they would go through, and if they do these IP sweeps, they can see if banned users are basically doing what's called ban evading. So, because John Bonnet's troll account got banned, John Bonnet could not use, like, long name anymore out of fear of getting a Reddit-wide suspension, which basically means, like, your IP account is banned, you can no longer access Reddit from any of your regular, like, your cell phone, your Wi-Fi, etc., etc. So, John Bonnet's been banned for months now. She's been happily clucking along in her, uh, her meta community. Like I said, I never really had an issue with her. She's a big Janelle fan and hates Barbara and just like gets under people's skins in a way that's like, honestly, I respect a good troll. I think trolling is funny. Um, I really don't care. So for me, John Bonnet just like made me laugh. But the reality is that she caused a lot of fighting and was like a known user that people fucking hated. They hated, they hated, they hated her. And a lot of people are glad that she got banned. So, when her co-mod from the meta thread became a mod at the main, or at long name, people were like, huh, that's weird. Then, another user messaged me and a few other people and then eventually posted it and was like, hey, John Bonnet asked me a couple weeks ago if I wanted to be a user, or a mod at long name. And people were like, what? Now, this is the juicy drama. So, essentially, John Bonnet... This is what I think happened. I don't know. JB, if you're listening to this, like, feel free to send in, send me a PM and you can say your side of the story. I think you've, she used to listen to this. I don't know if she still does. Like I said, I've never had hard feelings against JB, but she's a fucking troll and it's funny. Um, here's what I think happened. So, JB got banned. There are also quite a few other <sighs> trolls, angry people who fell out of favor with the mods on long name and started messaging Becca, the creator. And I think one of those was JB. JB being John Bonnet, obviously. So what I think happened was JB was messaging Becca and kind of convinced Becca to come back, delete all the other mods, (laughs) Uh, which was, there was three other mods. There had just been a lot of drama over a fourth mod who I really did not like, and she told me she fucking hates me, so that's, that's great. (laughs) I'm a polarizing figure on Reddit, and by the way, I know why I'm a polarizing figure on Reddit. It's because I can be a fucking asshole. A long time ago, I learned that fighting with people online made me, like, a lot saner in real life, and that if I'm able to kind of, like, debate online with people behind screens, like, I don't need to do it with people that I know in real life, and I can kind of get out, like, my need to be a know-it-all, my need to, like, my pent-up aggression, like, I can just get it out uh, via the internet, and I've been doing this for a long time, from LiveJournal to Twitter to Reddit, like, it's just, look, it's, is it great? I don't know, but, like, I don't have to be a know-it-all in real life if I can, like, be a know-it-all on Reddit, Anyway, I've lost track. Oh, but John Bonnet somehow (laughs) convinced Becca to come back, make her best friend slash co-moderator a mod. 
possibly make her a mod under an alt, although jury's still out. I'm not sure if she's at, most people are convinced that this alt, this alt mod is JB. Personally, I'm not 100% sure. She's not correcting anyone that she is. And my, I think because she's such a good troll, part of me thinks that she's just um, letting, <laughs> letting, <laughs> sorry, it's just so funny to me. Uh, personally, I just think she's letting people think that she's the mod just to make people even more angry. Uh, jury's out for me. Jury's out for me. Uh, if she is the alt, the name is Heather Lockmere or something is the alt same. I really wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, where am I? Oh, so what I think happened is John Bonnet convinced Becca to come back, kick off all the mods, make these new mods. And part of Becca's welcome back post was that they were unbanning all former banned users. Now, that's fucking crazy because a lot of people get banned for racism, for just just crazy shit. A lot of people get banned for that. So for Becca to come in and just like mass unban everyone is just so wild. And I'm pretty sure my personal take is John Bonnet orchestrated this whole thing. And like I said, she had messaged this person about being a mod um, like over two weeks ago. And this just happened, I think... What day was I in Richmond? On Monday. This just happened on Monday. So this has been like an ongoing thing. Uh, I think she did it to get herself unbanned. <laughs> and to put her friend in charge. Which honestly like is brilliant. This Guys, this isn't just like a tiny little group of like 500 users. This is a sub of 23, I think, 23,000 users. So to take it over like that is just so impressive to me. Like... Uh, I just, I love it. You guys just know I love internet drama. Now, in the wake of all of this, the three mods who were at long name were able to get control of the main, you know, the original Teen Mom Reddit account. So a lot of users have migrated back to the main and now the main is active again. It had basically been like dead in the water for the last, uh, since we all migrated over, it never really like pulled back its steam. Is that a saying, pulled back its steam? I don't think so. Anyway, what am I using? Uh, I'm mostly trying to use the main, but I am also using long name because I'm a teen mom whore and I just want to chat on Reddit with my friends. Uh, I think what Becca did was incredibly shady. I think it was hilarious. My favorite part of this whole thing has been <laughs> the mods that were instated during what we were calling the hostile takeover would leave comments like, why are you guys upset? Like, can't we all just get along? <laughs> Like, they, they basically created, like, a huge drama, like, the post with, like, 3,000 comments on it. And they're like, I don't see why people are mad, which is truly my favorite reaction to when someone does something shitty on the internet in an internet community and create, knowingly creates, like, a huge amount of drama. And then is like, what's wrong, guys? Why are you mad? So, anyway, that's my recap. I'm sure I left a bunch of stuff out. Um... Like I said, it wasn't super long, a little longer than I meant it to be, actually, but I just wanted to give it to you guys. Okay, let's talk Young and Pregnant Reunion now. As you all know, I don't like Team Mom reunions. I don't like Dr. Drew and his reunion capacity, but what the fuck were they thinking making Angela Simmons the reunion host? Now, I actually used to be a huge fan of Rev's Run. Rev's Run's House, which is what the show is called, Run's House. I constantly sign stuff, God is love, Rev Run. Like, I think that's so fucking funny. I think of myself laying in like a gold-plated bathtub sending out uh, email my daily emails about God constantly. Remember, he'd be on his Blackberry. Oh, God, iconic. I really, I loved that show when his wife had that stillbirth. Oh, it was horrific. Um, I always really liked Angela and the other daughter whose name I can't think of now. I liked the Simmons daughters. Diggy is, like, really cute now. I think he's in his 20s. But Dr. Drew is canon. He's canon. And if you're going to make it somebody else, I want you to make it somebody who is a TV therapist. <laughs> I just do. It's just, like... 
It's just part of the thing. There's a reason that Nessa doesn't do the reunions. You know, like, let Angela do the after shows. Fine. But she is not a reunion host. I mean, I guess she did fine because it was just so short. And there were so few segments. Uh, like, there were so few moments of her talking. First of all, her eyelashes looked like shit. Did anybody else notice that? Anytime her eyes were, like, closed, like, slightly closed or her head was tilted down or up, you could, like, they just looked so bad. It just, I didn't understand why she was there. She has no connection to the Team Mom uh, franchise. She's just not canon. That's the reality of the situation. And I can't, you know, I, it's just, it's just the reality. And I don't like to be forced with change. So, look, she wasn't awful. It was just weird. I just didn't really understand why she was there. Now, what were the important parts? Stefan refusing to apologize to Jamie made me feel sick to my stomach. I did like Angela with talking to Stefan because I felt like she was very real with him and she wasn't confrontational. Uh, I will say Kayla crying uh, over MTV making it seem like more the guy she was talking to made me nervous. I personally think she was scared for Stefan to see that. Apparently, Stefan didn't watch any of the show. Now... Here's my question. How much of a sociopath do you have to be to be on a reality TV show and not watch any of it at all? To me, that is like such a marker of like a lunatic. How could you be on a show and you just don't watch it? People are going to judge you by that. Don't you at least want to know what the fuck they're talking about when they come up to you? Mm-mm. That, do- that is such a sign of like a crazy person to me. I I can't fully express, like, why it makes me so upset. By the way, I want you all to know I'm literally sitting next to a landline telephone right now. And if it starts ringing, like, I deeply apologize because it definitely rings sometimes. <laughs> because both my parents still have landlines. I don't even know what their the numbers are to them. Nobody uses them. But I think they both get, like, the Comcast triple play, you know? And for some reason, both have phones attached so if this landline starts ringing, I apologize. I'm not sure what I'll do. Anyway, um, yeah, I just think it's so weird that he wouldn't watch himself. I think Kayla was actually very upset that Stefan was about to see that footage of her talking to that guy. And I think Kayla's scared of Stefan. Now, Kayla wants to put on Instagram that they're not together, but on the show, she wouldn't say they're not together, which like, they're together. I fully believe that Stefan and Kayla, if they're not together, they're still sleeping with each other. They're constantly doing coupley shit on Instagram. Okay, the Danae and Brianna segment was wild. I liked Robin throughout this season, which I think I had said. Like, I appreciated when she was on Brianna's side, but I think Robin came into that situation to hype on Danae and Danae. Danae's situation. I can't believe it escalated to them, like, yelling at each other like that. It made Robin look really immature. Um, I believe... Okay. I keep saying okay. I think there are two sides of the truth when it comes to Brianna and Robin's relationship. Not Brianna. Danae and Robin's relationship. I think that Robin was not there for Danae as much as she wants to claim that she was. And I do believe Jessica and Brianna, when they were like, you're just mad because you weren't there for him for so many years, and now you want to pretend like you are. That seemed believable to me. But I also believed when Robin was like, Jessica was the one that let him live there. Like, Jessica was the one that was all about their relationship, and now she wants to, like, put him out. And I was like, okay, I I also believe that. I just don't, how that fight, like, got to them yelling at each other like that was so crazy. Why, it was not, the birth certificate thing was not shady. They just didn't say it in front of Danae because they knew Danae would flip out. And I think Robin knows that, too. I think Robin came into that situation deciding she was going to be 100% Team Danae no matter what. And that's disappointing to me. Because I really wish that we could have had, like, an open and honest conversation about Danae's faults, Brianna's faults, and that Robin and Jessica could have came at it with a, like, more mature peace of mind. I was disappointed to see Jessica get, like, baited into a fight like that. Um, 
I mean, we've seen how Danae acts, and we've seen how Robin acts towards Danae when he's acting crazy. So it's hard for me to believe that Jessica's the shady one here. You know, I 100% believe that Jessica offered to drive Danae back to Chicago, and he said no, because how many times have we seen her driving back to back and forth to Chicago? That seems like something Jessica does. You know, that's a Jessica thing to just, like, drive someone back and forth to Chicago. I don't know. I, I It felt very, it felt too heated, and I wish that Dr. Drew had been there because I think Dr. Drew is better at getting people to kind of shut up and force them to talk a little more rationally. I think he's he's actually pretty good at that when it comes to Teen Mom and the reunions, that he's able to kind of get everybody to quiet down and, like, reframe a conversation so they're no longer fighting. I'm, yes, I'm complimenting Dr. Drew. And I think Angela was just, like, out of her league, you know? She's not a host. I mean, I guess she's a host, but she's never hosted a situation like this as far as I know. And I just, yeah, I think Angela was, like, too far out of her league here. Um, And I think if Dr. Drew had been there, we'd possibly been able to get a more, a more, like, three-dimensional conversation. I just felt... I felt disappointed to see Robin defend Danae so hard. I felt disappointed to see Jessica yell at Robin, Robin yell at Jessica. I just, none of it makes sense. If I'm Robin, I'd be fucking thrilled that things ended the way they ended. Like, thank God your son didn't sign a fucking birth certificate. Like, why is Robin mad about that? It's not shady. I think it's pretty clear that Jessica never wanted Danae to sign that birth certificate. I don't think... Anybody wasn't being up front there. I don't think that at all. Uh, So, yeah, that I'll be interested to see. Supposedly, uh, Young and Pregnant is getting a second season. And I'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Will Danae be back for season two? I'm assuming not because how do they, I don't know. He is, since he has no connection to the baby, I don't know how they could possibly bring him back. I will say I did appreciate when, Jessica and Brianna like stormed off stage and then Angela was like, by the way, I it it was Angela Simmons, right? <laughs> and not the other girl whose name I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. If it is, just pretend like I'm saying someone else's name this whole time. But when she asked Danae, like, so how's your tea going? How's your transition? I did appreciate when Danae was like, I can't really talk about this right now. <laughs> He's like, I'm upset. I did not expect to have that fight. I thought that was a real moment. Okay, Jade and her her mom. Her mom gives me the creeps. I don't know how else to describe it, but she's like not right. And not because she's like a drug addict or whatever. She's just something... Like, the way she talks makes me feel really uncomfortable. I will say, from this reunion, I felt like Jade was the one that was kind of laying it out there the most at the reunion. And I think she would have talked, I bet she talked about anything they asked her. And that I appreciate from her. I don't think uh, Jade's trying to hide anything. So that's my overall assessment of Jade. Apparently, her and Sean are completely broken up now and she has a new boyfriend. Because why wouldn't she? Who else is on the show? Okay, Ashley. I thought that, first of all, I think Ashley's beautiful and anybody that disagrees with me, you're wrong. I really appreciated Barr straight up saying, like, I don't have Ashley's back a lot. I thought that was very respectable of him. Uh, Ashley and Barr apparently broke up this week. Who can even keep track? But I, I just really liked that Barr you know, agreed that he had a lot of issues. I think Ashley could definitely benefit from admitting her issues, but I thought she was very funny and likable. And I don't know, she didn't come across as like as crazy as crazy as she comes across online. I thought it was a good reunion for her. Uh, I agreed with what she was saying about Shannon and about Barr. And Shen's like video screen appearance was... Oh boy, just crazy. Also, I think I saw something about Ashley quitting the show and not coming back for season two. But, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll definitely believe it when I see it. Is that everybody that's on this show? Oh, Kyler. 
That was, Kyler and Lexi was literally the worst reunion segment I've ever seen on this fucking show, and that's a lot to be said. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And I'm going to get to Team Mom 2 after a five-second break. Okay, so apparently Javi proposed but didn't actually propose. The episode starts out, episode starts out with Brianna going to Miami to see Dr. Miami. She's getting a tummy tuck. We also know she got her ass fixed. People should stop going to that guy. But I guess he does it for free if you get on Snapchat. Ay, ay, ay. She's back in Orlando and Roxanne tells Brie that Javi asked for her blessing. Brie... Doesn't seem to want to talk about anything with Roxanne. Roxanne is very annoyed and wants her to talk. And Bree's like, <laughs> Roxanne says, like, you have to let me know if things are going well. And this has probably been one of Roxanne's craziest codependent episodes. I thought she liked Javi. I'm a little confused by all of this. She seems to want Brianna to be with Javi, but not be with Javi. She, I guess, is upset if Brianna's going to move to Delaware, but why doesn't Roxanne just move with her? I'm sure Ro- I'm sure Javi would let her move in. <laughs> Could you imagine living with Javi's parents, Brie, Javi, and Roxanne, and their 700 kids that there, there will be? Crazy. Mm, no thank you. But I just, I don't, I can't truly figure out Roxanne's motives. I feel confused because I... I thought that she wanted Brie to, like, get married and be happy. And I guess that just means she wants her to be married and happy in Orlando. Um, but she was, like, seemed to be pretty much all on board for her moving out with Lewis. So I just, I don't know. So I think, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. I don't get it. Um, Brie is like, why would you tell me? It's supposed to be a surprise. Brie and I are just different people. If my mom... If I was seeing a guy for about four months and he came to my mom and asked for, like, her permission to marry me and my mom didn't tell me, I would be livid. <laughs> livid. So, uh, Bree talks to her friend Shirley. Her name is Shirley, right? And Bree is, she's just, like, not so sure about the engagement. Oh, oh, by the way, beforehand we find out that Javi does not have to employ that there was employ, deploy, that there was a loophole. Now, from what I've gathered online, it seems likely that Javi was given a deployment, was told that he would probably be deploying, and then they said, oh, no, you're actually not deploying, and he probably just didn't want to make himself seem stupid, so he said there was a loophole. Now, Bree talks to uh, Shirley about the engagement, and Bree just doesn't understand why he's moving so fast, and her friend's like, Okay, well, have you guys, like, talked about getting married and having kids? And Bree's like, I mean, we've talked about it, like, those are goals and those are the things we want, but, like, not right now. And basically, I think Bree thought that if he was deploying, then they would get engaged. But if he's not, then she doesn't see what the rush is. Now, as somebody that's not a military person, I don't really understand why you would get engaged if, like... I understand the point of getting married because then you're their next of kin. Like, if something happens, you're able to inherit, like, survivor's benefits. You can get on TRICARE. Uh, even, obviously, if something doesn't happen, you're allowed to live on base with them, although Javi doesn't live on base. So I can understand, like, a quick marriage if Javi got deployed, which, but I can't understand why they would get in. Engaged. Like, was the plan to get married right away? I don't, I don't know. Imagine if they got married. That would have been... That would have been incredible. Also, like, I'm pretty sure this is taking place. Brianna's surgery, I think, was, like, right after New Year's. And uh, Lauren is... I think her name is Lauren, not Laura. Lauren is, like, 16 weeks pregnant right now. And it's June. <laughs> So, yikes, he and Lauren must have gotten pregnant, like, immediately. I think Lauren's moving up to Delaware, uh, like, in the next month. So, that should be exciting drama. So, um, Brie just doesn't, like, she doesn't understand why she's, why he's rushing so much. But she seems into it because she's like, well, I want to see the ring. 
etc etc like if now that I know I'm just gonna be thinking where's the ring where's the ring I'm gonna be disappointed if he doesn't propose oh geez Louise so Brie goes to Delaware and we get like a little scene across the screen that says due to access issues the MTV wasn't able to film now what the fuck does that mean (laughs) I'm wildly confused I'm thinking that maybe Brie went to Delaware and then told MTV that they could not be around to see how Javi reacted. And I'm thinking that she did not get the reaction that she wanted. Hence, as she explains it to her sister, Javi just kind of like gives her a ring and is like, here you go. And like shows it to her. It's a beautiful ring, but didn't actually propose. I'm thinking that Javi was planning on proposing. Brie told him the cameras would not be coming. He got really mad. Showed her the ring, but refused to propose because the cameras weren't there. I think that... Can you hear the dog barking? I think that this was a big... I think that this weekend was just, like, a really big revelation for Brie on how much of a storyline Javi was to her. Which is that she was to Javi, I mean. Because I don't... I don't know. I don't think that Brie was with Javi for a storyline. I really, I really truly don't think so. I think Brie saw in Javi, like, a good guy who loves his kids, who loves her kids. Javi was probably the first guy that she was ever with. Like, I mean, she said it. She's like, he asks about my kids, which is, like, (laughs) seems so bare minimum. But apparently she's, like, not even her kids' dads do that. So I think for her, Javi was like the first good guy that she had ever dated because I do, you guys know I don't like Javi, but I can see why you would think he was a good guy. You know what I mean? Especially like at the beginning of a relationship. And then I think she started to see like how much of a storyline it was for him. I think she started to see him talking to the tabloids and she started to see like how he acted when they couldn't film Lincoln's birthday. I think that that became a reality for her and she started to have second guesses that weekend in Delaware. I I really believe that to be true and like that I mean that's sad but I'm glad that she found out before they got married. Imagine if Brie had married him. That would be that would be incredible. So Brie comes back and she's talking to Brittany and Brittany's like mom's so mad. And I, like, I'm confused because when they were having this conversation at the kitchen table, Roxanne and Brie, I thought Roxanne was, like, team get engaged because she gave Javi her approval. She wanted to know if Brie was serious about it, how she was feeling about it. And then Brie was, like, um, or Britt told Brie that Roxanne is all mad, that Britt's tired of being in the middle. And I'm, like, in the middle of what? Was anybody else really just confused? By Roxanne in this episode. I know she's like codependent and manipulative and probably emotionally abusive. And Reddit would probably call her a narcissist, etc, etc, etc. But I just, I don't know. I, w- I just was not expecting this reaction from her. Uh, Brie explains that like she went up, she saw Javi. Uh, they discussed the ring. He showed her the ring. She thought it was beautiful, but she then gave it back. Because he just said here. It wasn't like a romantic proposal. I'm so... I don't know. I'm really confused. I feel like we're really missing like a large chunk of story here. And that just might be me. And if I'm just an idiot, uh, then let me know in the comments below. (laughs) Just kidding. By the way, uh, follow me on Twitter on EBP underscore feathers. EBP for Emotionally Broken Psychos underscore feathers. My... Personal social media is uh, locked down right now as I look for a new job. I just don't need people to see what I do on Instagram and Twitter. But hopefully once I get hired or once I start working a new job, I'm going to be able to open that back up. But if you want to find me, come on EBP underscore feathers and let me know like what you thought your thought, what you thought Roxanne's motivations were. If I'm missing something that I just don't get. I I completely understand if she thinks that Javi and Brianna are moving too fast. I I mean, I think we would all think that, but she's not saying it. That's not what she's saying, which is why it's so confusing. So Brie and Roxanne go out for dinner, and Roxanne is basically like, are you engaged? And Brie's like, do you see a ring on my finger? Do you see a ring on my finger? And 
she's like, oh wait, I just, I'm sorry. I think I skipped ahead. Where is this? Oh no. Okay. So Roxanne, Brie basically is like not confirming that they're married or not, or engaged or not. She's saying like, you don't see a ring on my finger, but she's not saying like, no mom, we're not engaged because this, this, and this happened. Apparently Brie hasn't even seen Roxanne since she got home from Delaware, but I mean, they live in the same house. So I'm just, I'm a little confused by everything. Uh, she says that Javi is just a person that is moving too fast. He, if things, if he wants something, he wants it done yesterday. And Brie understands that's like how the military is, but that's not how she lives her life. And she thinks that, uh, oh, I, this is with Brittany. I'm sorry. My notes are not very good this week. She thinks that Javi accepted her no, but she isn't sure if he has the patience to wait, which Brie girlfriend tells you everything you need to know. If you have been seeing a guy for under six months and he wants to get married and you tell him no and he doesn't have the patience to wait for you, that means he just wants to marry anyone and it doesn't have to be you. And I think the fact that he got Lauren pregnant really, really shows that. So she's at dinner with Roxanne and Roxanne is, she only gave her blessing because she thought he would get deployed, which once again confuses me. I guess she figured they would get engaged and then he would deploy for a year so it would slow down their relationship. But once again, like, why do they need to be engaged to do that? I, I don't know. I, cause my understanding is being engaged doesn't give you anything extra in the military. It's not until you're married. I'm just confused. So Roxanne is mad that he wants Brianna to move to Delaware, which is obviously the base, like the bottom of all this. Like Roxanne does not want Brianna and the kids to move to Delaware, which I mean, I can understand she's been raising Nova. Like they're extremely codependent, but like, girl, gotta let your daughter fly. (laughs) Uh, Roxanne stops crying and starts crying. And Bri is just like not into it. Uh, Basically, Brianna tells her to shut up. And Roxanne storms out and I wrote down, why are they even fighting? I just, I felt like this whole, this whole episode, all of the Brie segments were really confusing to me. I think I need to go back and rewatch last week's episode because I was not taking notes since I didn't record an episode. I was only half watching. I think I must have missed something crucial because I just like am wildly confused and I'm sure everybody listening to this is like, duh bitch, this how like this, this and this happened in the last episode. But I was only half paying attention, so I missed it. <laughs> anyway, let's go into Chelsea. Chelsea is pregnant. Um, they couldn't wait for the crew to tell Aubrey, so they filmed it on Cole's phone. Mandy, the producer, is so excited. We found out that, uh, like, since, I guess, missing your period, Chelsea took ev- tests every single day until she got a positive. Multiple tests. <sighs> Chelsea is... I don't know. I don't know. Um, and she's excited to have two under two, which I mean, good for them. You know, like, I don't think I've ever shit on Chelsea and Cole being happy. Like, I think I've said a million times, like, I am genuinely happy. Like, having all of these little babies is what Chelsea wants and it's what Cole wants. And I think that's beautiful and wonderful. And I'm genuinely happy for the DeBoer family. With that said, when we hear Chelsea say, oh my goodness gracious, in her baby voice, I think that's the sound I'll hear at the gates of hell. When I go to hell for all of the very bad and mean things that I've said on this podcast, but just in life in general, I think I'm going to hear Chelsea going, oh my goodness gracious, over and over and over again, because it's actually the worst sound on earth. You know, on Inside the Actor's Studio, when he's like, what's the best word and what's the worst word or whatever? And people are always like, failure, heartbreak, uh, as their worst words. Uh, mine would be Chelsea saying, oh my goodness gracious. Isn't it the worst? Doesn't he have some of the best sound and the worst sound or the best? I don't know. I need to rewatch some Inside the Actor Studio. I haven't watched it in quite a long time. So it is the day of Chelsea's first ultrasound. And the whole fam is in the car so they can drop Aubrey off at school and then go to the ultrasound place. And I kind of liked it because Chelsea was getting mad at Cole because apparently Chelsea told Kale on Kale's podcast that uh, Cole's like a slowpoke. 
And one of the things they fight about is that he's, like, always just kind of, like, shuffling around. It takes him a long time to leave the house. And so I did feel like this moment was kind of real. Watching Chelsea just be frustrated because Chelsea's like, I do this every morning and we're fine. And as soon as you get involved, we're, like, late and it's more stressful. I wish we got to see more of this. Like, I am so desperate for any sort of realness in Chelsea scenes that, like, one glimpse of them having, like, a funny fake bickering argument just feeds my soul. Uh, it was very funny. They forgot <laughs> They forgot Aubrey's backpack. <laughs> and they're like, just tell the teacher you don't have your backpack. I don't know. It was cute. Uh, they went to the, the sonogram. Everything was fine. And they're going to find out the gender in two weeks, which we know was a girl. Congrats to Chelsea and Cole. Congrats. Okay, let me go to Janelle next. Janelle. Oh, this was David's last episode. Godspeed, David. I am personally thrilled. I never want to see David again, as I've discussed. I don't want to hear about him. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want anything to do with David. I, can't, I just hate him so much. So, this episode starts, episode starts out with waiting to hear about their house getting fixed. And she lets us know David is angry. Which, like yikes mcgikes um not great somebody who's like a reality tv person on we reached like tweeted out and it got picked up a little bit this week in in my papers you know like radar online and starcasm that she was like i see what david is doing to you he's a monster you don't have to be with him even if you like if not for yourself you need to leave for your kids it's actually a pretty nice message except like janelle responded and defended herself and date well defended David and the reality is like somebody tweeting at Janelle that David is like an abusive monster just is gonna put her more into defensive mode you know like nobody's ever gotten an abuse victim to leave via public shaming like it's just not a thing um I don't know what's gonna get Janelle to leave David I don't know if Janelle ever is gonna leave David I think David's gonna have to leave Janelle I don't I'm trying to think if Janelle has ever broken up with a boyfriend well she broke up with Cortland but she had Nathan, like, right away. Um, and Cortland got arrested. I'm pretty sure Cortland, like, went to jail. And that's how they broke up. I just, I don't think that Janelle has, like, the ability, really, to leave boyfriends. I think because of her personality disorder issues, whatever that is, it's just, like, impossible for her to leave boyfriends. I think she has a really, really hard time, and I think she is never going to leave David. I just, I really don't think so. So, Janelle's in her house, and Kristen, producer Kristen, who, yes, I know, everybody hates, but I maintain is the best producer on the show because she gets Janelle and Barbara to both trust her and act like she's their best friend and plays both sides, and that's what reality TV producers are supposed to do. So, a sheriff comes, she's like, Janelle, her voice is pretty irritating. Janelle, someone's knocking on your door and lets her know it's a sheriff. And Janelle wants to know if he has papers in his hand. And I was wondering if she meant, I think she meant warrant, but I also wonder if she meant like, if she thought she was getting served or arrested. <laughs> uh, Kristen is like high key stressed about it because he's just knocking and knocking and knocking on the door. <laughs> and Janelle's like, I'm not answering that. Let David answer it. Oh, goodness. I just can't imagine. I mean, I can because I was at a place in my life at one point where, like, I had police knocking on my door. But even then, I always opened. I just can't imagine, like, being in a place where I'm like, no, let my husband deal with it. I'm not answering that. But I also haven't had, like, you know, people online calling CPS on me for the last eight years or however long the show has been on. So, I guess... You know, Janelle and I leave different lives. We get a, in the background, we notice there's about 100 pill bottles on Janelle's counter. Janelle says that David takes multiple medicine for his thyroid issue. She has GERD and esophagus spasms. Jace is on meds. The kids have antibiotics, etc., etc. Personally, I don't think the pill bottles are that crazy. Like, does Janelle doctor shop? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Janelle has as many prescriptions for benzos as she can get. Of course she does. 
the pills shouldn't be out in such reach considering they have such little kids running around. It's really scary to think that Kaiser could get into any of that. Um, I don't think the amount of pills was that crazy. I just think it's crazy when you have such little kids to keep them, like, to keep them in such a, a, an easy to access place, I guess is the way to describe it. Um, I also think both can be true that, like, it's not a crazy amount of pills and Janelle Doctor Shops. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I'm also a person that, like, keeps a lot of pill bottles out in the open. So, maybe my perception is being skewed a little bit. Oh, also, apparently, Janelle has not signed on to the new season of Teen Mom 2, but I'm sure she'll be back. I'm, (laughs) what's she gonna do, get a job? I'm not that worried about it. So... The sheriff keeps knocking, and Kristen wants her to open the door, and Janelle's like, nope, 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 and David finally answers the door. Uh, The cop asks, like, who's the parent here? And David's like, you got a warrant? (laughs) The cop's like, can you just come outside so that we can talk? And David's like, if you want to check on the kids, like, you need to go to their daycare. And Janelle's in the background going, go to CPS! Go to CPS! (laughs) Oh my god, this is like the most white trash thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Once when I was with my um with my ex-boyfriend, he got arrested and the cops came to talk to me and I like had them in my house. <laughs> in my apartment, in my studio apartment, and I sat on my bad- bed and one sat in like my desk chair and the other one sat in- on like an ottoman because I lived in a studio apartment. And I was, like, scream crying at them because I was just, like, everything in my life was such a mess. And they were, like, I'm sure they were just, like, not anticipating what they walked into. Like, me being just, like, a fucking lunatic. Ugh, it was so crazy. That was a bad time in my life. Anyway, the cop doesn't leave. Oh, but first, David is screaming that he's gonna bust Nathan's motherfucking head open because he's sure that Nathan is the one that calls... Mm -hmm. And Janelle opens the door to, first she, like, starts yelling at the sheriff, and she's like, we've been harassed by my ex, we've been harassed by my, by the internet, CPS has been here 20 times, but then she calms down, and I actually, like, was glad to see there's still, like, some sense of, like, brain in her, that doesn't make sense, but, like, there was some common sense in that brain somewhere where she like comes out and she basically like kind of apologizes for David and explains that he's aggravated and that they just have all these people harassing them and the cop is like I'm just trying to do my job and she's like I know um and she apologized to them and I was like wow Janelle like still has like kind of a brain in there and then the cop leaves and David is mad at her for carrying on conversations with the police as he says, um, which is just, like, it's just so upsetting because you see Janelle get this moment of, like, still having independent thought, and then David comes in, and I will say, like, Janelle didn't shrink to him totally. She was just, like, she was, like, I had to say something to him, and I had to talk to him, and it might not have even been Nathan. Like, it might have been the haters online, and David is, like, well, it was Nathan. I'm going to bust Nathan's head in. Nathan called the cops and told them that I was a drug. He was like, I was a dr- drug, dr- drug salesman. <laughs> which, by the way, you can see, like, all the pill bottles in the background when this is happening, which is just, like, incredible editing. Really incredible editing. Um, and he's just going on and on about how he wants to fight Nathan. And Janelle's like, look, like, it might not even been Nathan. And I was just... I felt David was mad because he said that any, she was like, I just had to explain to them that like CPS comes here, like nothing's going on. It's fine. And David's like, well, that's not what they're going to say when he goes back to the, goes back to the squat, the police place. And he tells his little friends and his little friends tell their wives and then his wives get on the internet. And then everybody knows that CPS and the police were here. And it's like, David, babe, like, one, like, MTV literally filmed this. Like, you're on camera, you're mic'd up. And she's like, we already know that CPS is involved. Um, it was good to see Janelle have, like, an one centimeter of common sense. But, unfortunately, she's still with David, so it's gone. Our next scene is confusing to me because Jamie and uh, Janelle, her, 
Janelle goes to meet with her friend Jamie and they're like wearing summer clothes. Like Jamie has a sundress on. Janelle is in like shorts and a halter top. I'm like wildly confused. But then I do vaguely remember people saying we had a really like there was a really warm December. Let me know because I was in Florida. So weather isn't real. Um, But I because like in this, like, Kale was taking her Christmas pictures. Oh, by the way, our timeline's, like, all fucked up because Ensley's first birthday was, like, two weeks ago in Janelle's segment, three weeks ago, maybe. Um, in this segment, they're, in Kale's segment this week, they're doing Christmas pictures. In Chelsea's, they're doing Watson's first birthday. And remember, Janelle and Watson are only born, like, oh, two days apart. I don't really know when any of this is happening. I really wish uh, MTV had a more streamlined timeline. But, you know, not everybody is a sleuth like me. So I was just confused by what Janelle was wearing. So Janelle says that she's really stressed about the house. And David was pretty upset. (laughs) Oh, was he? Oh. So Janelle explains that they did a wellness check. And... Once again, like, I was pretty impressed with the way Janelle, like, relayed the story with to Jamie. She was like, well, you know, he was yelling at the cop. Like, he didn't want me talking to the cop. He was, like, kind of acting crazy. I was like, wow, wow, good, good. And then she was like, you know, David's just not used to the scrutiny from the show. And, like, his personality is so laid back. And then I was like, oh, okay, there's Janelle. You know, as I've said before, it's Janelle's world. We just live in it. You know, we're all just, like, we're all just citizens of, like, the universe of Janelle. And if Janelle says David has a laid-back personality, then I guess that's what she thinks the rest of us believe. It's just so crazy that she really thinks that she can get away with saying that. Did you guys just hear the cookie monster in the background? I'm trying to, like, get this finished before, before my mom comes home. Does my mom know I have a podcast? Possibly. I told her once or twice I have a podcast. My mom listens to podcasts and I'm positive she's never listened to this podcast and never will because she does not care about Teen Mom. So she just, it probably just went in one ear and out the other. And I just, you know, I don't want to be in the in the den while she's home making noise. She's not a very quiet person. I know, it's crazy. I came from an unquiet person. Can you believe it? So... Next, we see that David has sent some tweets. MTV shows the horrendous tweets that he rightfully was fired for, and Janelle is refusing to film. So we get a scene of uh, Kristen going to Barbara's house, and Barbara explains that on the day of the shooting, of the school shooting, of the Parkland shooting, that Janelle had posted a picture, David and Janelle had posted a picture of her holding what looked to be a high-powered rifle, It did look like that. I don't know anything about guns, so I don't really know what kind of gun it was, but it looked like a really serious rifle. And Janelle had the burn of, excuse me, Barbara had the burn of the century, which was, I know they don't watch the news, so they had no idea about the school shooting. (laughs) I mean, they, like, it just made me laugh so hard, although I don't believe that they didn't know because Janelle fucking loves Twitter. And Facebook, and there's no way that she did not see that there was a fucking mass shooting that was all over everything. There's no way that she didn't see that. Um, Barbara is extremely offended by uh, David's tweets. She doesn't understand why David just won't apologize for stuff and how he doubles down on everything. Barbara is on the right side of history. Appreciate Barbara. She voted for Hillary Clinton, I'm pretty sure. Um, she also took place in the, like, the Wilmington's Women's March. Um, you, you know, I'm a Bar- Barb and I are on the same side here. David is disgusting. She's, like, extremely offended by what he said. And she has not spoken to Janelle about any of this. Uh, she thinks, Barbara thinks that Janelle is probably sickened by what he said because she doesn't have that opinion. And I hope that's true. Here's the thing. I don't think Janelle is actively homophobic. I think Janelle is a hateful person. Um, I think that Janelle does not care to correct anybody on their hatefulness and their homophobia and their racism. And if the guy that she's with is homophobic and racist, then she's homophobic and racist. If she had somehow wandered into a relationship with, like, a deeply woke person, which, I mean, she never would, but, like, 
in some fantasy world this happened, like, I'm sure she would, like, imagine if Janelle had found, like, a Bernie bro. Like, she would be all in, you know? She'd be all in on pulling the Democrats to the left. <laughs> like, I truly believe that. I think Janelle, I don't think Janelle would ever tweet something like that without David inspiring her. And I don't think she believes that about gay people and about trans people. However, she allows her husband to tweet like that and she allows herself to be associated with that. So she's just as bad, you know, as David said, lie down with dogs and you get fleas. And that's how Janelle's with David and she can go royally fuck herself. She's been defending him this week. Just the other day she was tweeting, so he's not allowed to have his Christian beliefs, which like, what? When's the last time David went to church? We've never heard him talk about being a Christian, except when he wants to be a hateful asshole. By the way, for people who are so fucking Blue Lives Matter, shitty Republicans, they were pretty fucking rude to that sheriff. <laughs> Just let them in. Why are you resisting, David? Ugh. Uh, Barbara says that David is mean and rotten, which I think we can all agree, and that something's wrong over at that house. And... Yeah, I think we can all agree with that. I I don't know. I'm so glad that David is gone. His tweets were so disgusting. Janelle is truly disgusting for staying with somebody that would tweet them. That is the lowest of the low. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.